Hey everyone, this is Dave Nolette with By Grace International. Thank you so much for joining us this week on our first ever podcast. Shelby and I are so excited that you chose to tune in and chose to be a part of everything that God is doing here through this ministry. Before we go ahead and dive into our message today, I want to go and share a little bit about the the structure of the podcast and how things will change because it's going to vary a little from week to week. We're not always going to go ahead and necessarily do the same thing. And so some weeks we're going to do what we're going to do today, and and that is we're just going to dive into the Word, and we're going to teach you from the Word of God whatever the Lord has laid on our hearts that week. Other weeks, um, we're going to have guests in, and, and their areas of expertise may range from church finances to leadership to worship to children's ministry to whatever the case may be, and we're going to go ahead and interview them, ask them questions, and, and really figure out how we can go ahead and give you the tools to not only be a successful leader in your church, but how to be a successful believer, how you can go and literally be the church of Jesus Christ and be Jesus to a lost and dying world. With that being said, let's go ahead and, and jump right in. What I want to talk to you about today is illumination. Illumination. And, and I think this is a really appropriate thing to talk about as we as we kick off this podcast, because the difference between the, the you before you got saved and the you after you got saved is illumination. And then the difference of the you after you got saved to where you are now is illumination. You, you see, the more light that you have on a subject, the more, uh, the more knowledge you have about something, the, the further you're able to go into it. And so when, before you were saved, you, you didn't have much light at all, and, and you were going, and then all of a sudden somebody showed you the truth. And, and something happened in your heart, and you believed. In Romans, it tells us, we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. And, and so you got saved, and that happened, and, and you allowed that, that saving power of God to come and to recreate you from the inside out. And, and that's exciting, you know, but, but we don't just stop there. Then as we grow and we begin to spend time in the Word and, and we begin to spend time in prayer and, and with our Father, we begin to see more. We begin to, to, to get more light on the subject. And, and this, this illumination is progressive. We should never stop growing as Christians. We should always be seeing new things in the Word of God. I love what, what David says in Psalm 39, 6. He's writing here, and he says uh, in the second half of the verse that in your light we see light. I love that. In your light we see light. Well, what does that mean? I, I mean, it's almost a, a counterintuitive phrase there. Well, of course, when I'm in light, I can see light. But I, I, I like to think of it this way. Um, you know, there's, a, there's another verse in the, in the Word that says that your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, in your light, we see light. I think those two are, are, are kind of connected here. And I, I just picture it that if you're going and you're walking through a forest or, or down a path late at night, and all you've got is a little bit of light on your feet in front of you from that flashlight, if you keep walking forward in the light you have, you're going to get more light on the road in front of you. That as you walk forward into the light that you do have, you're going to see more light. So as you walk in the light you have, you'll continue to receive more light. And so that's what I believe David's saying here, that in your light, in the light of your word, we see light. And that's so important for us as Christians. Um, we need to constantly be growing and challenging ourselves and, and, and figuring out how, how are we supposed to grow? 
How are we supposed to grow? What are we supposed to do uh, in order to to grow? And and not to turn this into a works thing, but but Lord, show me what I need to do to grow. Put me in a position where I can grow. And, and that really becomes the key, the foundation to our Christian life. And so I would just encourage you that as you go and as you continue to to step out in these things, ask ask the, uh, the Lord to show you to show you different ways that you can grow in. And I, I know for myself personally, about five years ago, um, back in April, five years ago in April, uh, I heard a series of messages from from David Horton that just changed my life. He came to my parents' church up in Connecticut. And this is the first time that I heard somebody preach so fully, so completely on the grace of God and the finished work of Christ, and that Christianity wasn't about behavior modification, that Christianity wasn't about a do-more, try-harder brand of legalistic activity, but Christianity was simply letting Jesus be who he is, letting that life flow out of you, and remembering that it's Jesus's job to transform people. And so I, go, I went and I, I began to learn that from David Horton that year, starting in 2012, and um, then that summer, um, you know, I, I started to hear some other preachers start to preach about it. Creflo Dollar started teaching on it. And I, I'm telling you, this began to revolutionize my life. This message of, of grace and the finished work of Jesus and, and the finished work of the cross really began to permeate my thinking. And, and to go and I look at myself now, five years later, and, and I've got completely different beliefs. I, then I did, you know, then obviously, you know, the basics are still the same. I still believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that Jesus is Lord and, and all of these other things. But I had subscribed so long to behavior modifications, trying to, to manage my life through externalism rather than allowing Jesus to manage my life, that uh, it, it really took a long time to get to that point, to get to that point where I was comfortable enough to let Jesus change me that I was comfortable enough to let Jesus do what he wanted to do in my life rather than me trying to do it for him. And, and that takes time. And, and you know, we, we see this pattern exemplified throughout the New Testament. I, I mean, when, uh, when Jesus first went to the cross and then he ascended up into heaven, you know, the, the Jews were all gathered together. And uh, Jesus told me, you know, stay in the, in the city of Jerusalem until I endue you with power from on high. And he sent the Holy Ghost. They began to speak in other tongues and, and people got saved. But they went for about 15 years and, and they stayed in Jerusalem. The disciples stayed in Jerusalem. And it wasn't until about 15 years later or so when, when Peter finally got the vision, um, when he, he saw the vision of the sheep being lowered down in the book of Acts, you'll read about it. And the Lord told him with, it was all these unclean animals in it. You know, Peter hadn't, hadn't ever eaten pork, lobster, anything like that up to this point. And the Lord told him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Lord, I've never let anything pass my lips that's unclean. And the Lord told him three times, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And after this vision, he said that, go downstairs, there's men coming, take you to Cornelius' house. And you, you know the story, go to Cornelius' house. He's a, you know, he, he's a Roman um, and, and preach the, the gospel to him and he'll be saved. And so he goes and preaches to Cornelius and his family. His whole family gets saved. Hallelujah. It's so exciting. You know, the gospel's now finally beginning to spread out to the Gentiles. And, and now they've got light. This isn't just for the Jews, but now we can bring the Gentiles into it. However, at this point, the, the whole idea was that the Gentiles were, were able to then convert to sort of grace-based Judaism. You know, they still... Uh, wanted them to follow the law. They still wanted them to go and to lead their life 
uh, according to the same principles that the Jewish people went and led their lives. And, you know, it took another man by the name of Paul, um, who, who we know very well, wrote, wrote the majority of the New Testament. Um, you know, it took him getting saved and going to to preach to the Gentiles to really begin to change this. And I want to pick up here in Galatians 2, chapter 1, uh, Paul's preaching, and he's been doing this for about 14 years. And he says, after 14 years, I went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. And because of a, it was because of a revelation I went up, and I submitted to them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. But I did so in private to those who were of re- reputation, for fear that I might be running or had run in vain. So he's saying, I went and I preached this to the leaders in private. But not even Titus, even though he was a Greek and was with me, was compelled to be circumcised. That, that's huge there. All this time, any time a Gentile had gone and converted to Christianity, that they would have to be circumcised. But Paul says, no, even Titus was with me. He wasn't. A, he was a Greek, and he wasn't compelled to be circumcised. Uh, but it was verse 4, because of the false brethren secretly brought in, they tried to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to, build, to bring us back into bondage. But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour so that the truth of the gospel would remain in you. Um, but we, there were those who have high reputation. Uh, that they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Well, those who were of reputation contributed nothing to me. So the church wasn't a fan of the message Paul was preaching. The leadership there in the church did not like it. Verse 7, but on the contrary, seeing that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised, um, for he who effectually worked for Peter and his apostleship to the circumcised effectively worked for me also to the Gentiles. And recognizing the grace that had been given to me, James and Peter and John, who were reputed to be pillars, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship so that we might to go to the Gentiles and they go to the circumcised. So after all of this, there's, there's still disagreement here in the church. They still don't know. They, they still are not getting it. And they said, all right, well, you know what? You go to the Gentiles. We'll keep preaching to the Jews. And the only thing we want to ask of you in verse 10 is to remember the poor. Paul says, that's what I, I was eager to do that. I was excited to do that. But now watch what happens here. You see, they still haven't got the full picture. Verse 11, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. <laughs> how, how interesting is that? Peter comes to Antioch and Paul, remember, Paul's gone and, and Paul's been beaten. Paul's been stoned. He's been left for dead. He's been whipped. He's gone through all these different trials and tribulations. And you don't see one thing from him where he goes and stands up and and stands against it. But he says, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Verse 12, watch this. Why was he standing condemned? For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when he came, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof, fearing the party of the circumcision. So let's travel back in time here for a minute. Uh, in, in Jewish culture back in the first century, you know, they, they would have to go and follow kosher law and kosher eating and, and this, that, and the other. And you could have a Gentile over to your house, but you couldn't go and eat in a Gentile's house because you had to make sure the certain knives went and only touched the certain food and different things couldn't cross and co-mingle and, and this, that, and the other. And, and so, so there was a lot of rules with this that they had to follow. And he says until, until the guys from... from uh, from the church, James's men from headquarters came that Peter used to eat with the Gentiles. But as soon as they came, he, he pulled himself out. Before they came, he's sitting there eating himself some, some barbecue ribs and having some lobster, sitting, having a good time. But as soon as all of, all of James' people from headquarters shows up, Peter stands back in verse 13. The rest of the Jews joined them in the hypocrisy. 
So there's division here in the church. The rest of the Jews joined them in the hypocrisy. They, they didn't even... I, I mean, they, they were saying, well, we're going to eat with them as long as nobody from headquarters is around. And then as soon as headquarters shows up, we need to all toe the line and act like, you know, good little Jewish people. Uh, verse, four, verse 13, even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the apostle or the gospel, I said to Peter in front of everybody, if you being a Jew live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? So he, he's going and standing himself up here, and he's saying, Peter, you're, you're living like everybody else the rest of the time. You're going and having some bacon on your cheeseburger. Uh, you're going and, you know, eating, eating some, some lobster for, for celebration. You know, you're, you're going and having all these different things and, until the religious people show up and go and try to put, put a cap on it. And this was hard for Peter. You see, Peter went and he, he was with these apostles, uh, you know, as they traveled with Jesus. And, you know, they went and they thought that they had the whole picture of the gospel. They thought that they had everything. They thought, man, we traveled with Jesus. We know what's going on. We have, we have gone and, man, if anybody knows the truth of the gospel, it's, it's us who traveled with Jesus. And here's Paul who, who didn't even travel with them. He wasn't even a part of them. In fact, he was opposed to them. He was the very man going and persecuting the church prior to this. That was what he did as he persecuted the church. He would come with papers from the high priests and say, hey, there's people here. There's, there's people calling themselves Christian. Let's, uh, let's get them and throw them in jail. And <laughs> so he goes and he, he sees Jesus on the road to Damascus and his life is a complete 180. It just changes like that in an instant. And all of a sudden now the Lord just gives him this revelation, this thing that that Peter wasn't able to see. And, and Paul, I mean, Paul was steeped in the law. You, you see later on or, or in other books that he says that I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a, uh, you know, from the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. And he goes through his whole list of credentials that he has according to the law. And he says, I count them all as dung. I count them as garbage. And in fact, the Greek word is significantly stronger than that. Um, but you see, the disciples, they needed more light. And later on, you read in Peter's gospel that he says, hey, I know what Paul's saying is hard to hear. I, I know that this is hard that the, the, to hear for us that the Gentiles don't have to come and, and convert into uh, a, a grace-based form of Judaism, that the only thing they need is their faith in the Savior alone, that that's all they, that's all they require. They don't need to go and follow all the laws that say taste not, touch not, you know, what, whatever uh, it says there. The, the only thing that they require to come into the kingdom is faith in Jesus Christ. And Peter says that I know this is hard to hear for us. I know this is difficult for us to wrap our minds around. But Paul's right. What he's preaching is scripture. He's saying that is gospel. That is the same message that, that we heard from the master. So you need to receive him as a brother and you need to, 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 to believe what he's preaching. And, and so, you know, there's, there's so many different things here that, that are going on, but you, you see throughout the, the New Testament, the church got more light. And as we grow, we get more light. And, and so I want to just encourage you, and we've only got a few minutes left here, to, to not let yourself be tangled up in a yoke of bondage. We're going to continue to talk about uh, this this 
light, this illumination next week, and uh, we're going to go into a little more detail. But but just as Peter had to go and had to had to receive light, how he had to walk in the light that he had, and as he walked in in the light, in your light, we see light. Just as he had to go and do that, we need to do the same thing. We need to go and we need to to really walk in the light that God's given us. And as we progress in that light, that as we go and we walk forward in it, in that light, we'll see more light. So if you're stuck, if you, if you don't know what to do, if you don't know what I'm supposed to be doing in my life, just remember that, that in your light, we see light. Go back to the light you've already had. Go back to something God's already shown you. Go back to that and study it and begin to open yourself up and say, Father, teach me. Show me what I need to do. And as you do that, as you begin to pray that, as you begin to believe that, God's going to go and he's going to show you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think. He'll continue to show you more and he'll continue to grow you further and further because just as the word says here that in your light, we see light. So as we progress in this revelation, let's Let's be, let's be disciplined to keep moving forward in it. Let's continue to move on with, with what the Lord has for us and continue to walk forward in the light that he has so that we continue to see more light. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I know this is, uh, this is our first podcast ever, and um, you, you know we just believe it's going to get better and better. It's going to be more and more exciting. There's going to be a lot of things going on with the ministry. Um, if you haven't yet, please check us out. Uh, ByGraceInternational.com is our website. You can go and look us up on Facebook. Uh, you can look us up on Twitter. You can look us up on Instagram. Everything is at ByGrace, uh, I-N-T-L. It's all the social media handles, um, ByGrace International, ByGrace I-N-T-L. Um, you can go ahead and look us up there. Uh, we are currently uh, helping our, our local church here in, in Texas, Metroplex Family Church. Uh, we're helping our pastor in the healing school here that, that uh, we've helped him launch. And we are just so excited about that. God's just, just continuing to do uh, miracles af- miracle after miracle every week. And we've gone and we, we began to study uh, the healing ministry of Jesus throughout the Bible. And so uh, I'm sure we're going we're gonna to get into that at some point here on this podcast. But keep us in your prayers um, as, as we teach there at the healing school alongside our pastor. And then as we begin to, to wrap up 2017 and launch into 2018 and uh, fill up this travel schedule that the Lord would, would continue to uh, put more and more opportunities in front of us and that uh, we could go and just help more churches. So thank you so much. Um, if you haven't signed up for a mailing list yet, you can go ahead and do that on our website. That'll allow you to stay up to date with everything that we're doing at the ministry. Uh, we love you and thank you all so much for tuning in. God bless.